I'm Corey Williams. I'm Nick Medellinos. And together we bringing you up front. We're going to touch on culture, food, fashion, great stories, hip-hop, my life, basketball. We're even going to be giving some advice. It's going to be beautiful. This is up front. Oh, man. Welcome back to Upfront, our second episode. I'm Corey Homicide Williams. This is my co-host, Nick Medellinos. Yer. What's going on, man? Man, another week. We're back. Another week. But this week, we got some tea but we also have some wine you know what i mean i had to come correct uh we don't have a sponsor yet so i'm not going to show the label we ain't giving out that type of love over here yet but i wanted to come in and just set the mood right yeah. you know what i mean we keeping it classy we got the red carpet on the screen for a reason you yes, know i have to get some red wine to match it uh what's up man man how was your week my week was good. Busy, you know what I mean? You know what it's like, Corey. Out of out of everyone, you're probably the one that can relate the most, man. NBA season, NBL seasons are on. Like, we we go flat chat, you know what I right. mean? It's always busy. Always something to do. Games to watch. Games to attend. Mm. News to cover. There's always something right. on, man. So right. keep them busy. But you know what, man? It's not what I've been up to. <laughs> I want to know what you've been up to. Right? <laughs> I want to know what you've been up to, man, because you're the man about town. You're the guy that's always in the news, and I noticed your name popping up in the news again the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, it was, um, you know, a lot of people were talking about uh, last week was a big week, you know, not for the right reasons, unfortunately, but, um, you know, my comments went all over the place as far as, you know, the release of Craig Randall, and uh, that was the top of the week. And at the end of the week, it's being attacked by a coach. <laughs> coach Dean Vickerman of Melbourne United. Where did that come from? Listen, I had no idea that was coming. We'll, we'll get into Coach Vickerman's comments <laughs> in a second. But I also want to add that you know I was in an Uber with you last week. Mm-hmm. And we're in the back, obviously, just driving to our destination. And you're getting phone calls from media members <laughs> asking you for quotes and asking you for comments about this and that. And listen, you know, the people want to know, right? You know, because you, you accept the good with the bad, right? Like, you know, you get a lot of praise from people out there, but you get a lot of criticism, right? I want to know, first of all, like, you know, how, how do you handle that? personally um does it affect you does it you know how do you sleep at night does you stay up thinking man this guy said this or this guy said that or is it just water off a duck's back well first of all you gotta have thick skin in this game um as a player i'll talk as a player when i used to play right i played 14 years all over the world right and Life as an import, you're a basket. I call it you're a basketball mercenary. That's what I was, right? I lived out of a suitcase, lived in a hotel or apartment. I was contracted to do a job, perform. My job was performance based, and I only got paid based on my performance. If I did not show up, I most likely, before any other local player, would be fired. Right. So when you win games, great job team. When you lose, it's one of those imports fault. Yeah. That's what that's that's the job. So mentally, I already was prepared to go into battle. Whether win or lose, I have to produce. That's what the game is as an import. Unfortunately, that's what it is. So mentally, I'm wired, I'm wired a bit different. Mm. Um, when I played, there was mortgage to be paid. There was tuition to be paid. Nanny got to get paid. You know, later in life, I had to make sure child support was due. Yeah. So I approach the game different. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? When it's time to rock, you got to rock and roll. You've pl- you've played in a ton of countries, right? Where did you f- where do you feel the most scrutiny? Where did you feel the most scrutiny from? Like was it from the Australian market? Was it from European markets like in terms of media or fans or whatever it may be i mean when i played in europe the the fans are tough when i played in the middle east 
they throwing stuff at you. I mean, they'll throw stuff at you in, in Europe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like- Shout out to my Greeks. I you know got, they yeah, do that yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Croatia, like Eastern Bloc, like, like it happens everywhere. So you, you just got to have thick skin. You understand yeah. what I mean? When you're a local in these countries, put Australia to the side. Yeah. When you're a local, you have the luxury because usually you're some of the best players in that country. So you'll always have a job. Mm. Imports, you're as good as your last season. Right. It's and tougher for an import. Yeah. If your numbers are bad, guess what? Your money goes down. That team that you are currently with, they're not resigning you. You might not get a job in that league. Yeah. So now your agent got to try and sell your talents to another country. They're going to look at not they're going to look at your body of work from last season and that will determine what your salary will be yeah. for the average guy. And that's just that's just what it is, you know what I mean? So if you're playing well, you're going to get praised. Yeah. If you're not playing well and being inconsistent, they're going to talk about you. That's just what it is. You're a pro. Yeah. You getting paid to get you getting paid to who? To do a job. That's you right. gotta perform. Yeah. That's just what comes with it. Yeah. And I understood that as a player. Now, <laughs> transitioning <laughs> after the game, yeah. now I'm into in, a media role. I'm into now. a media role. Um, people call me a, a a few different things. You know what I'm saying? They say I'm a personality, they say I'm a commentator, they say I'm controversial, they they say I'm a wannabe Stephen A. Smith. They say I'm the fake Stephen A. They say I'm the fake Kendrick Perkins or a wannabe Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. I've Corey seen all these Williams, names man. About. <laughs> like I'm Corey Williams. Yeah. I'm just a a guy that's direct and honest. You know what I mean? And how could you not respect a guy that's direct and honest? I that, don't understand. That leads us to Dean Vickerman's quote, all right, that he had about you. I'm going to read it out now. He uh, he basically tried. He said that you try to be controversial for attention, and he and he feels that you know he, media members should be more sort of balanced and a little bit more positive. Um, what was your reaction when you you know you heard that? First, I was shocked because I couldn't tell you the last thing I've ever said about. Dean Vickerman or that was unfair to his team. I don't even talk about coaches, number one. I don't say anything unfair to teams or to players. I only talk to the best players. I don't talk to players that are not in rotation or get limited playing time or um, have a small name if I'm not talking about them in a positive manner. I once played. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I already know, like, I don't I don't pick on people is what I'm saying. I don't say things for clickbait. I say what I think. Anybody that knows me knows that this is what he actually thinks. It doesn't matter if if it's not popular, mm. what, my, what I think, what yeah. my thought is. I'm still going to say it. I did that when I was a player, so it's nothing new. Um... It didn't bother me. I was just more shocked. Like, damn, Dean, like, where's this coming from? You're, you're, like, are you really? I just thought it really was like a deflection right. due to his team underperforming. And he's hearing it from other places. And when you hear it from other places, you might you might just go to the main guy. Yeah. So he's kind of like Corey, you in a, in a I'm sense. not controversial. Like, no one's, I'm not in my house at no point saying, <laughs> all right, I'm going to say this because it's controversial. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't operate like that. Anybody knows me knows how I think. And yeah. this is what Corey thinks and believes he's going to say. That's it. I think it's also, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad, right? And as long as you're speaking the truth and you can back what you say up, right, then it can't be wrong, if that makes sense. Fam, right? you make an absolute sense, and that's what I do. I don't just say things off the cuff. For example, since we're talking about Melbourne United, well, Dean Vickerman, his import comes in, Ray John Tucker, and says, out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it ain't even Darwin preseason yet. The man comes out and says, I'm the best new import in the league, 
Nobody uh, checks boxes across all the boxes across right. like he does. He ticks all the boxes. No import doesn't even come close. He's that new guy in this league. I posted his quote, and I just hashtagged NBL23. I went on NBL Overtime. We discussed it. I said, maybe he is. <laughs> That's why he said this. That's a fair question. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna find out. Yeah. Good luck. I looked at the camera as I do when I talk to whoever I'm talking to or who I'm mentioning. Here's what I do why I do this. I'm not the guy to say something about you and don't at you or mention you. Yeah. I'm the guy that I'm not gonna talk shit behind your back because you're not physically there to defend yourself. That's why I look at the camera and talk to you because I want you to know I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit ain't about nothing with nothing personal. I just want you to know this is what this is for. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what I said to Ray John Tucker, I said, look, we're going to get to know each other very well. <laughs> Good luck. In the preseason, Melbourne United have not won a game up until that point. They haven't even won a game at that point yeah. in preseason. So I said, there's no doubt you could hoop, but you need to get W's with your production. You know, you're going to hoop. You're going to get yours. Good luck. It's been a turbulent year. I haven't seen anything that he said he can do on a consistent basis that warrants him being, or me co-signing, him being the best yeah. new important league. In fact, he might be like the seventh best. or the, You know what I mean? So Honestly, so I went and said something about that. There is nothing with what Dean Vickerman said that's actual, factual. Right. So what, <laughs> you're, so what you're saying Com is- to, to me, at least, about me, not at all. So what you're using it more of like as a motivational tool though, right? Like, you know, you're saying what you're saying to sort of get him to be like, hey man, I'm not really performing. I need to step my game up. That's all I've done every year in this league. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't want nobody to do bad. I want the league to flourish, and I want these players to flourish. And for the league to flourish, these players have to ball out. Right. You know what I mean? So just give me dope shit to talk about and just hoop, y'all. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Did you know? You, when, when you were playing, like, what's the most, you know, I guess, not negative thing, but what's something that somebody said that really hurt you the most? You know, whether it was, again, media member, fan, or anything like that, anything spring to mind? I don't know because, like, in my mind, I was a fucking rock star. <laughs> so I already knew what comes with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's a part of, like, my culture where we grew up. In our minds, we were kings with nothing. We were kings dead broke with nothing. We knew our value. We knew we were dope. I grew up in the era with Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas, right? These guys painted pictures and showed us things through lyrics and words that made us want more, made us wanted to see more and aspire to be more and carry ourselves in a certain way. These guys were larger than life to us, but at the same time, we can go to the club in areas where they be at. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, if they could do it, I can do it. And it gave us rock star type of confidence, godfidence, godly confidence. I like that. So I walked around, I'm a king. And couldn't nobody tell me any different. So you're supposed to get stones thrown at you if you feel confident about yourself. Yeah. So what I knew, I knew when I didn't play well, what was gonna come? Well deserved. Yeah. Step your shit up, Corey Williams. I did that as best as I could wherever I went. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I know what comes with it. And if I ain't built for that shit, I'ma go get a fucking job where nobody bothers right. me. Right. Yeah. No That's pressures, my mentality. But, yeah. And how much of that, look, I know the answer to this question because, you know, as you know, and maybe some of our viewers don't know, but I lived in New York for almost eight years. So I, I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How much of growing up in New York helped you develop that thick skin? Because I've seen in New York, you know, you step out of the house with the wrong shoes, you're getting roasted. You know, you've got a funky outfit on, you're getting roasted. So you've got to learn to have a thick skin, right? Because you're going to get roasted <laughs> You've got to learn how to take it and also how to give it back as well. How much of that, you know, growing up in New York, did that 
you know, developing a thick skin come from? Yo, you, you, first of all, I'm a black man in the world. You have to have thick skin. On top of that, I'm from the Bronx, New York. And when you think about the Bronx in New York, the joke is that's the dirtiest borough in New York mm. in every facet of the word dirty. In <laughs> fact, they called it back in the day, the armpit of New York City. So there's a certain type of pride that I walk with, right? You better have thick skin or you will get taken advantage of. In fact, show some kind of weakness. It's over for you. Facts. Straight up. Yep. So like that, that also, if you are lucky enough to get through the matrix and it's out of the Bronx and escape the Bronx and all the hazards that could catch you, you look at life different. And we say it a lot. Um, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And that's why these things don't bother me because I know the maze. <laughs> I know New York City and what I've experienced in my life that has made the man that I am today. None of this shit bothers me, they say. I don't even know these people. Yeah. How can it bother me? You could, it would bother me if I heard something from you. Yeah. You know me personally. I would take it personal and be offended. Right. I don't know these people personally. Yeah. So how can I allow somebody who I don't know personally offend me? Yeah. Can't happen. I hear you. I hear you. It makes it just another name on the screen or another. Oh, you're you know? like, yo, listen, at the end of the day, the more success you have, the more jealousy and envy is going to come with it. You know what I mean? That's why when I'm wrong, people laugh so much on social media. They be so happy when yeah, I'm they wrong. Love it. They love it. They love it. <laughs> but that's really the guys that, that are jealous and envious, yeah. right? Because when I'm right, where they at? Crickets. There you go. Crickets. So, you know, cheers to you all. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't bothering me at all. Did, Trust me. Did you, we've spoken about the fans. Did you ever have any like conflict with any, you know, teammates that may have taken you the wrong way or didn't know how to take you at first or anything like that? Yeah, 100%. But what I had to do is, um, again, um, my ability to be able to, again, read the room. You know, it's KYP, it's Know Your Personnel. Um, everybody's not from New York. So how um, I grew up as far as aggressive nature when we play basketball, it might not work with you. I might not be able to get the best out of you with that behavior. Yeah. So I can't use that. I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to talk to you and I'm going I'm to apologize to you if I rubbed you the wrong way. I'm going to let you know that's not my intention. I'm going to let you also know that a bit more about me personally, why I'm this way, and how can we move forward getting the best out of each other? Yeah. How can we get this relationship to move forward together for the right reasons and for the right way? Because ultimately, what do we want? The same common goal. Win. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a team thing. Come on, man. It's a team thing. Man, every country I've been with, you know how much money I spent on my teammates and never got nothing back? I need you tomorrow. Mm. I need you to know, sorry, I need you Saturday. The matchup in order for us to win yeah. is a guy you fucking guarding. I need you not only to get off, I need you to lock his ass the fuck up. Then on me, anywhere you want to go, any day this week, you tell me, lunch, whatever, this is your week. Yeah. I'm calling the first five plays for you every quarter. I'm coming to you. I'm going to defer. Fuck me. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to import. I'm on yeah. the court. I got the ball. I'm controlling the whole game. I'm going to get mine. I want you to know I'm fucking with you this game. <laughs> it's important. Yeah, I hear you. You might not even believe in yourself the way I'm believing in you yeah. right now. But then you're preparing a, all week. Yeah. I got you. That's the type of shit I was doing all because ultimately, forget me personally in that game. I need you, which means I recognize it. Yeah. I make sure that rapport and that relationship is there. You know that I believe in you. You're gonna be ready to play. That goes back to that motivating factor as well. Motivate, but, impact, yeah. inspire, and educate. That's my core four, my four core values. Yeah. 
It works with all facets of life. Keep going. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's the motivating thing. Like you're you're pushing them to like you know what buttons to push to get them better. I don't been there. Yeah. I don't been there. There's nobody, nothing. There's nothing. Nobody could tell me about this game. I don't played it everywhere. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? I don't say nothing bad about a person on purpose. Like I don't with malice or you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't. I'm not coming with malice. I'm coming from a good place. Yeah. Sometimes the shit might be harsh. That don't mean you don't need to hear it. Right. You may need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what it is. And I'm not coming, boom, cup off the cuffs with something. I'll sit back and watch for a while. So when I come, it's because of a, the right reason why yeah. I'm coming. You know what I mean? That's ha how I do it. Has anything you've ever done, again, media, could be while you were playing, whatever, like come back and uh, affected, not affected your family, but reached your family where they've been worried about you. They're like, yo, not at all. You, listen, you, let me explain you, something to you. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. <laughs> Number one, playing in the parks in the city, we go out of state. We we would play in some 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 dangerous places. You know what I'm saying? We used to travel out of town and go play in Philly. And my man, you know, it would be a couple of us. Yep. Me and Bone collecting the backcourt. And there's some, there's some dudes down in Philly getting money, bringing us down to playing a game. Big money on the line, side bets. <coughs> we got people with us with weapons because it could happen to protect us. Yeah. What's going to happen to me here? I'm playing ball. Like, it ain't that type of play. Like, I've been in serious situations playing basketball in the street. This is pro. This is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I done had some of my people go sit down for 10, 15. Real shit. Mm. This is nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What do I want? Like, no one's coming to me in that kind of manner. That's an old life, but I'm just trying to tell you mentally, like, this alligator skin, man. Yeah, I, I And I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that to glorify, but I'm just saying, like, I've been in some real life situations. And we won. Got the money. <laughs> had a couple bottles of champagne. Partied in the city. And dipped. Met a couple of, you know, shorties. Yeah. Enjoyed the night. And then we dipped out. Yeah. We was good. Yeah. I love how Many you cities. I love how you mentioned that you won, though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Like, come on, man. Yeah. It's light work. Light work. Light All work. Right. We're going to take a bit of a break, Corey. Uh, we're going to get into some fun stuff in the next segment because we've got the Corey story. And I know you got a good one for us today, and it's uh, it's definitely one that I haven't heard. I've heard people alluding to it. So I'm Lord. Looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> He's been alluding to this thing ever since I came back last year. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. We're going to take a break. We're going to be right back. All right, we're back. It's time for the Corey story. And like I mentioned, this is something that has been alluded to for the last week. People have been telling me, Corey's got a great story. It does involve <laughs> an NBA superstar. I'm, I'm not even going to say who it is. Corey's going to tell that part. But Corey, come on. Like I said, I've heard people alluding to this all week. I've heard sort of little teasers. It's like when you go see a movie and you only see a little trailer. You don't really know what the full scope of the movie is. Let's hear it. I want to hear this thing. All right. <laughs> so I'm with, uh, it's Fashion Week in New York. All right, September. Fashion Week's a really good time um, in New York if, you, if you've never been. It's one of the better times actually in the city. It's the wind down. Summer's ending. You know, and there's a couple of runway shows. There's some incredible after parties everybody's in the town models every everybody it's just a beautiful time in the city 
So, uh, me and, you know my boy, white boy Ben? No. Oh, white boy Ben? All right. I'd remember a guy called Shout white out boy to white ben. boy Ben, <laughs> right? And uh, so I'm in Tribeca. We just came from a show in Tribeca. He has a loft across the street. Fire, right? So we in there and uh, just chilling for a little bit. Crew comes together. After that, we go to Cipriani downtown. So then we go to Soho. We in there grubbing and... In Cipriani, when we finish, there's a club upstairs, super small. That shit might hold, no lie. Packed like sardines, maybe like a hundred people. Okay, that's tiny. That's tiny. Yes, especially for New York. Tiny. Tiny. So like, there's a back way through, if you know, there's a back way through Cipriani to go up the steps and you go in. Like one time, like we saw Leo, like we in there eating and shit. Leo just comes in with his hat down, mad low, <laughs> walks in. Leo DiCaprio, yeah, right? Yeah, just yeah. goes up like a regular shit, right? I, so, I love how just casually you drop that name in there. I mean, regular <laughs> shit, right? So we all go outside and they're like, yo, Corey, this shit is a private joint tonight. Da, 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 da. So I'm like, let me ease off this door. You go talk to the doorman. We'll be in there shortly, as they say every night. If it's, you know, a private joint or whatever. Next to me, maybe like four feet away. One, two, maybe like behind you. Okay. There's a dude, you know, every hooper with a magic, you know, no ball in his hand, just doing a move slow motion, <laughs> you know, you know, and I'm there, you know. Wait, he was actually in the club going through. No, we outside. In oh, okay, the front, yeah, got, got right? the front. Gotcha. Yep. My man, white boy, been at the door talking to his man, or whatever. So he's on the street, like, cause he waiting to get in too. Yeah. So I mean, outside was a zoo. You know them type of nights. I do. A zoo. So he doing, you know, and I'm like, I recognize, and I'm like, re recognize him doing the move, cause that's like true ball of shit, right? right? I was like, oh, you ain't getting that shit off. <laughs> he looked at me like, what? I said, you heard me. You ain't getting that shit off. He said, come see me tomorrow. You know where I'm at. I said, as a matter of fact, I don't know where you at tomorrow. <laughs> he said, huh. and, 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 and then I started antagonizing a little bit. I was like, I'll lock that up one-on-one. -on -one. He said. <laughs> That's the New York coming out of you. He said, yeah, you know, my competitive juices came in. Yeah. So my cousin Dwayne is with me, right? So he goes, what? I said, listen, if game is 10, I'm winning. <laughs> he said, motherfucker, game is 10, I score 10 straight on you. Yeah. <laughs> I said, the fuck? <laughs> so at this point, my cousin is like, yo, what's your name? He was like, John Moran. I said, oh, <laughs> shit. I said, oh, shit. Matter of fact, you would score 10 straight on me. <laughs> I said, yo, I said, I fuck with you. <laughs> I said, yo, fam, you got game. I fuck with you, man. You. I said, so, yeah, man, respect you. Heard? So you're telling me that one I had of the, no idea. the top five point guards in the NBA no idea. was on the street, and you're telling him you're going to lock him up, and you had no idea who he was. Oh, he was like, yo, you come see me tomorrow at 10 if you want. You know where I'm at. I'm like, as a matter of fact, I don't. Because, you know, you know, in, in, the, in the days, they be working out with Chris Brick. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Brick, so that's yeah. what, you know, he was in town working yeah. out shit, going up trying to catch a vibe upstairs or whatever. So I'm like, as a matter of fact, I don't. <laughs> he was like, my, my cousin Dwayne was like, yo, what's your name? <laughs> I can't believe your cousin didn't even recognize him. Yo, listen, man, like I'm focused on NBL. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Touché. Touché. Yo, listen, I, like I was it. like, you would give me 10 straight. <laughs> I f with you though. This, <laughs> this is giving me 
<laughs> big Shaquille O'Neal energy, right? Where? Remember when Shaq? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> remember when Shaq didn't recognize Christian? He didn't. He said uh, Christian Wood. He didn't know his game. He apologized to yeah. him later, and he was like, "Man, Yo. I owe you an apology." I wasn't really familiar with your game. I think you owe Jar Wild as shit. An apology. Wild as shit ever, yo. Jar, my bad, B. That shit was wild as f. Hey, I think the only way Never, ever, ever forget. That shit was funny as f. Jar, come down to the NBL, man. That way Corey will know you. (laughs) Word. Yo, that is wild, man. Yo. That is wild. Dude was like, man, you know, slow mo by itself. (laughs) I was like, you ain't getting that shit off. He's like, what? I said, you ain't getting that shit off on me. He said, you know, I'm, I said, man, you ain't getting that shit off nowhere. Yeah, this, you know, this reminds me of that that last part. We were at, we were in New York and we went to Dwayne Wade's book launch. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was you, me, and Six, okay. another friend of ours. And look, I'm gonna be real. I'd had a couple of drinks at this point, right? So me, Corey, and our friend, we're just standing there, and D Wade's like right opposite us, signing, you know, books and meeting people. Not had a couple of drinks, and I was like, yo, I was just to Corey. I was like, yo, I can take him. And Corey looked at me and he goes, No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, maybe I can't. <laughs> oh man. Yo, so <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Now that that Josh shit, that shit was funny. That's as crazy. Fun. That, yeah, that's you know what? That was fun. definitely worth that the, shit was that was worth the build-up that that's I've been when, hearing. That's when uh, they lost to Utah, mm. and he gave them everything. Gave them the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. That's, that's yeah. great. I don't know how you're going to top that one next week, but I'm sure you're going to go deep yeah, into your bag. More. I'm sure you're going to go deep into the bag. You've definitely got some more Corey stories for us. I'm definitely looking for the uh, next week's story already. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, Corey, up front with Corey Williams. Now, yes, sir. I saw yesterday you you posted on your IG because this is, you know, we want people to feel a part of this, you know. 100%. They've, they've got questions for you that they want answered. Could be about anything. Life. Bit of basketball, obviously. Fashion, sneakers, you know, it could be anything. We want people to feel comfortable sending questions through, you know, and obviously you're going to answer those to the best of your abilities each week shout out to the fans man yes yeah, much love i appreciate y'all um i just want you guys ladies males females to um you know feel apart i'm here to spread the love i'm here to talk about life and experiences in every way in in any way i can help um whether a heavy subject or a light and funny subject that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to serve. Absolutely. Keep them coming. Absolutely. We've got some really great questions coming through. They like piled in, huh? They piled they in. Piled in. And they piled in. Shout out to you all, man. <laughs> and we've got a good mix here, man. Corey, yeah. like you said, we've got some serious questions. We've got some fun questions. You know what, man? Let's let's just get straight let's into it, man. Let's let's start, all right? We've got one here from Peter Mann. Uh, this is a good question as well. So Peter says, what is it about U.S. basketballers that makes them want to stay in Australia, especially after their careers are over? Here's the biggest thing. As a former import, the reality is this. I played, me personally, I played 14 years abroad. When I go back home to America, I'm there for maybe three months max. I'm there to visit family, reset, talk to my agent, figure out what the offers are and the options are on the table, make the right decision, pack my bags, and I'm off again. What happens is, if you're lucky, you can spend a certain period of time in one specific country. You get familiar with the country, the country gets familiar with you. If you're there for a specific period of time, that means you've had some sort of success in the country. Mm. You become, if lucky, a household name. Brands want to align with you. Your value in that country is technically higher than it would be for most imports if they go home. All right? 
Let me give you an example. Do you know why commentators in America, pro athletes in America, a lot of them might get on television after their career's done, if they're lucky? Because their body of work is on American soil. Mm-hmm. So your value is higher where your body of work is. So it would make sense when you're transitioning after the game to put yourself in a position where you can thrive and life can be a bit easier. I don't care if you got a hundred million dollars or a dollar. The transition is very difficult for athletes after the game, regardless of what line of, uh, uh, what line of work you are in as an athlete, what sport you're in. Most international, I'm gonna talk about overseas hoopers, and I want every hooper to listen to this. When the game is over, majority of us, first of all, as an international hooper, import. There's no 401k, which is superannuation. There's no none of that. You get paid a salary, and what you do with it is on you. Right. When it's all said and done, most international hoopers as imports, we rocking this thing till the wheel falls off. Majority of us, right? You've done one thing your whole life. When the off season happens, what do you do? You go home, you kick it, you see friends and family, and then you reset and go. You have set no seeds in the ground on U.S. soil. That's why most of the hoopers, when they go home, you know what they do? Two things. Trainer or coach. That's not because they want to do that. That's because they feel that's the only thing they can add value to Mm. immediately. The name of the game is add value. If you don't add value, you ain't got shit. If you ain't got a leverage, you ain't got shit. That's life. Right? So they're not looking. They're busy running all the way back home and not really understanding that you're a superstar in the country you're playing in. Why not figure out where you add value at the most and how you could really maximize opportunity for life after the game? You understand what I'm saying? And that's what guys don't really do. For me personally, here's what happened. I left. I was five years removed from Australia. After Australia, I went to the Middle East. What happened was I came over here because I know people want to know, like, how the fuck, how how did Corey Williams end up being one of the most prominent voices of basketball in Australia? How did he do this? Outside of Corey, tell me a brother. On television in Australia, this season six, he's himself. He looks like himself. He talks like himself. He hadn't conformed, and he has the ear of basketball culture in this country. And he's moving the needle and pushing the culture and the game forward. How has he been able to do this? I don't even think people even know that's the question that they really should be asking. I think that's actually one of the questions we've got coming up a little bit later from from somebody else. The so. point is, Australia before, let me let me get to this answer. Yeah. Australia's a beautiful country. People are awesome here. It's a great vibe. Um you feel at peace when you come here. You know what I mean? You you really really do and you're appreciated a lot. Any country where you've had success playing a professional sport you are privileged and with this privilege will give you a lot of access that you probably never would have had you not played that professional Mm -hmm. sport and had not thrived in that sport so it's going to give you access and opportunity so the ones that stay here figured it out you know what i mean we could have been in antarctica you know what i'm saying it just so happened antarctica's cold 
you know, you probably would have ran back to where you're from. But here it's warm, it's beautiful, and people are very nice, man. It's yeah. easy going. You know what I mean? And not much know, of a culture shock, you know? yeah. It's, it's not. Easy. People speak English, and it's a it's an easy country to get around, and it's it's beautiful, nice people here, man. That's why. Well, right now I think Melbourne is probably as cold as Antarctica. Man, it is freezing outside. <laughs> so, you might be better off down there. Listen, we're going to move on to the next question, Corey. We've got one here from Rooster Parish. Uh, now, obviously, we know South Bronx is the home of hip-hop. That's where hip-hop was invented. He wants to know, what was the hip-hop scene like for you growing up? It was incredible. It was pretty much like the birth of hip-hop started clearly in the 70s and the 80s. But like hip-hop, as we know today, how it's grown to be the number one genre in the world music-wise, it was in the era where I grew up. So I had an opportunity, it's the golden era. I grew up where, you know, again, who's your best MCs, Biggie, Jay-Z, yeah. and Nas. <laughs> like, I'm in parties with them. Uh, I'm at street ball tournaments where they're at. Um, they influenced my life. It was, it was a beautiful time to be a part of New York City music culture, hip hop culture. I literally grew up with them. Like my brother, best friend at the time was Mace. Like Mace used to sleep at my house. My brother used to sleep at Mace and Cameron House. Mm. You know what I mean? They played in high school together. Shout out to Manhattan Center. Shout out to Mace and Cam. Like they played ball together. Yeah. Mace and Cam was hoopers before rappers. Yeah. You know, so Big L on the block, 143rd and Lennox. I went to Rice in Harlem. Shout out to Rice Raiders. Shout out to Harlem. I'm a BX cat, but Harlem raised me. So all of these hip hop artists friends of ours you know what i mean allies we we it was nothing like if you go to <laughs> any basketball game in Harlem, ain't no telling who you're gonna see yeah so this is what we grew up in we grew up in it as it became what it became you understand what i mean so like that it was a special time and to see hip-hop um form and blow up to this global phenomenon that people thought would be a fad it's incredible, especially when you are a part of it. Back in those days, I grew up in the 90s. You know, some of the most iconic clubs I was in in high school. The tunnel. I was in the tunnel. <laughs> that's basically what people know in the world that's called Studio 54. That's what the tunnel was for hip hop. Everybody was there. The line would take three hours to get in. Mm. Three hours unless you're gonna pay a hundred dollars to get in. In the nineties, you know what a hundred dollars is? It's like three hundred bucks. In the nineties? <laughs> That's a couple grand. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you walk in there, like you coming out with ten phone numbers if you working. I might not see you the whole night and you in the spot. That's how big it was. Yeah. The fever in the Bronx. That's where it all changed for me. It was a legendary, it's iconic club in the Bronx called the Fever. Walking distance from my house, we went every weekend. We went on Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Because back in them days, if you get in early, it's free. Yeah. So we line, we lining up at eight <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> we got five dollars. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You buy, you split like a Boone's Farm, or or you might split some of the forty ounce. Back in the days, the forty the forty ounce liquor. Get some of that. We in the club, yep. dancing, dancing. Man, it was a beautiful time, man. It was, you'll never see a golden era ever again, man. It, it, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, for people like me, obviously I've grown up, you know, listening yeah. to hip hop and stuff like that. We used to hear about stories about the tunnel, about yeah. all these sorts of places, but the fact that you got to live it, man, that's, yeah, that's wild. We, you, let me tell you, I'm gonna give you a quick story about the tunnel. Every artist had to come there to get approval. And that was the hardest crowd to get approval from. They brought Wu-Tang Clan in there. They brought the Wu. Mm. First of all, we from the Bronx. What f***ing rap group It sounds like a Chinese name? Yeah. <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan is a hip-hop group? A brothers? Where's that at? From Staten Island? From Staten Island? <laughs> yeah. We don't rate Staten Island. Yep. You can't be a hip-hop group. All brothers... 
and your name is Wu-Tang Clan. Like that, it didn't even add up. As soon as they got on stage, that was the first crew that had like 50 dudes all rapping. We like, boo, we throwing <laughs> stuff. We're throwing stuff at them. I'm in the crowd. Yeah. Boo, get the fuck out of here. Boo, Wu-Tang Clan, get Staten Island, get them out of here. We don't even race that now. Yo, they came back maybe like a month later and they had Protect Your Neck. Mm. That was the song. Mm. Or, <laughs> yo, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu yo, oh my God, they tore the fever up. Yeah. Like that was the place you had to perform for people to know you real. Shout out to the Wu. Shout out I, to the Wu. True Wu's. story. And ask anybody. That's yo, listen. Onyx, that's when the whole yo, first of all, shout out to the Run Brothers. That's the crew that raised me, right? From my hood in the BX. We all went and got bald heads after sticky fingers <laughs> from Onyx came through. He was the first DMX. He was DMX. Like, I wouldn't say before DMX, God bless the dead, shout out to DMX, but Sticky Fingers was grimy. They came? Oh man, like, like just, just, man, let's get to the next question. Just know that it was, you, we'll never see a 90s era of not just hip hop music, but you're, you're watching the blossom, like it was a seed just blossoming out of the fucking ground, man, growing into something we didn't know yeah. what it was going to become. Yeah, yeah. Like that era was, it was incredible. It was, I was in high school. It was, it was incredible, man. Well, the next <sighs> question- to the 90s, man. <laughs> the next question is kind of in that sort of vein. We're still talking rappers. Uh, we've got a question here from, and I hope I say your name right, uh, Iman Elliot Nazari. He wants to know, who are your favorite rappers of all time? And he also asks, what are your favorite movies of all time? Whoa, wow. All right. In no particular order. Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. Yep. Um, Puff. Cash Money. Snoop and Dre, what they did out in the West. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. What they did for inner city youth, because of their words, they made you see and dream of wanting more than what we were around. These are all guys that came from low-income housing. Poverty. Let's just say that. Poverty. Like me. So it's like they inspired everybody to want more, whatever your more is. You know what I mean? For example, like Jay-Z had a line like, you'll see as you go through the source. I read the Rob report. And it's like, I'm in high school, like, what the fuck is the, the Rob, Rob report? report. <laughs> I'm like, this one, this one magazines was like, big back in the 90s yeah. so it's like i gotta go to the newsstand and go figure out what the rob report is and once i figured out what the rob report was i was like the fuck is a rolls royce <laughs> yachts art he was talking a different language because yeah. he saw more exposure leads to expansion Facts. So once you, it's it's no different than reading a book. That's what hip hop was for urban America. It's an audio book. I've That's said, what it was. I've said that as well. It's like for me, <laughs> it's it opened my eyes to a whole bunch of stuff that I wasn't really exposed to. Right. You know, like stuff that I wasn't. Some stuff I could relate to. Other stuff I couldn't. But yeah, it right. opens your eyes. And you learn. <laughs> and if you don't know about it, it's like, oh, what is this? You go do a bit of research right. and you find out exactly what they're talking about, what it is. Um, now, what's, not your, what's your what's your top five MCs? 
or top three? Go, I'll give you my top five, and I'll give them to okay. you in order as oh, well. Oh, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Because they haven't changed, right? <laughs> they haven't changed. Now, as you know, I, New York was obsessed with New York even before I moved there. You know, I do consider myself a New Yorker, so you'll sense a bit of a theme in right. my top five. Right. Top three in order. Jay-Z, Fabulous, and Biggie. Okay. I'm not saying they're the best three, yeah. even though I do think Jay is, is the best of all time. That's my top. Hope the best. Hope, hope the best. The best. Uh, and then to round out the top five, I'm going to put Rick Ross in there because I can listen to Rick Ross all day, every huh. day. Huh? And, huh. and number five is Boss. equal fifth. There, there's two guys there. Um, I'm, as you know, I'm a big Dipset fan. So I'm going to put Killer Shout Cam. out to Killer. Killer Capo. Yeah. And Capo. That's my equal five. No fit. doubt. That's, Four, that's equal five for them. <laughs> Jewels. Jewel. I wasn't that such a big of a fan of Jewel's solo as I was of Capo and Killer. Yeah. As a trio, obviously untouchable. You right. know, great. Right. One of the all-time great groups right. right there. And I know you know both those guys, Killer and Capo. Yo, listen. So, yeah, I gotta, I'm gonna keep that story. I can't yeah. give y'all all the story. That's what's up. Yeah. All I gotta say the movies. So there's a there's Casino. Yep. Love Jones. Yep. I love. I'm in love with Neil Long till this day. Right. Belly. Uh, Scarface. Okay. Blow. Yep. Shout out to Johnny Depp. It's too many. I can't. I. I, I you got Goodfellas in there. That's my favorite of all. A Bronx time. Tale. A Bronx Tale. Like, <laughs> oh man, Training Day. Malcolm X. All Spike Lee movies. Yeah. <laughs> man, that like that goes on and on. Man, I hope I answered enough. All right, see, Dub. We're moving on to the next question here. Like I said, we've had some great questions from people. Uh, keep them coming, guys. You know, we we want you to send them through at Corey on his Instagram. Even send them through to me. And, no and, doubt. Please. And, and, and I'll pass them along to Corey. We'll pick out the best ones. We're going to move on. We've got one here, Corey. Uh, do you think Craig Randall can turn his attitude around and become coachable? That one's coming from Dean Williams. 100%. Um, everybody has the potential to do it and be better, you know? If I, if I mess up, I have the potential also at, to take the harsh criticism when I'm wrong and I do, and I reflect, self-reflection, and figure out how to move forward to be better. So I wish him the best. Absolutely. This one comes from Nay11. Um, and the question is, what is the mindset you require to make it at the highest level? That's a good question. Well, it is a real good question. And look, you can make it. Can you stay there? Mm. And can you ascend while you're there? Right? And I think that First of all, you got to have a no plan B mentality. You got to be all in. You got to sacrifice. You got to put your craft first. Um, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself really, how would you guard yourself? How would you keep yourself from not scoring? Keep yourself on zero. How would you defend yourself? You can answer those questions. That's the shit you need to be working on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Play off him. He can't shoot. Work on your shot. You got to want this shit more than you want to live. Mm. Straight up. It don't, you got to sacrifice and you got to focus that kind of way. You have to want to succeed more than you want to live. When you, want, when you get to that level, you'll become successful. I like it. And you've been telling me that one for years. There is no plan B. Yo, so listen, I, man. I'm used to hearing that one from you. With this with me, I was literally willing to die for this shit. And I was willing to kill for this yeah. shit. That's the type of mentality you have to have if you are not the favorite. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Outside of that, we'll get you a regular job. And ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you the type of mindset you have to have. Yep. Yeah. And when you have these opportunities, you got to capitalize on it. You know what I mean? Like, there are no second chances. Yeah. If you are not, if you are not the favorite, you got one shot. Like Eminem said, <laughs> you got Fact, one shot. You got one shot. <laughs> got one shot. So what are you going to do with it when you get the opportunity? Yeah. And every time you get one shot, you got to maximize that opportunity and kill it to get another opportunity. 
This shit is real, man. Absolutely. This shit is real. Nobody don't believe in you. You got to believe in yourself. And you got to keep finding ways to continue to move forward and capitalize when you get opportunity. Shit is real. But that's what you got to do. Great question there from Nay. All right, a couple more, Corey, and then we're going to end it there. We've got a couple of fun ones to finish it off with, all okay. right? We've got one here from Alexandra. Now, I think this is for both of us because she says, how do y'all handle the groupies? I can answer, Uh-oh. I can answer, that, I can answer that for you right now, you? Alexandra. I don't have any, so, I, <laughs> so <laughs> no one's jumping in my DMs, unfortunately, or fortunately, take it however way you want. So we're going to throw that one over to Corey. Can you say that again? How do you handle the groupies? Okay. I like how you got to pour a drink to answer this one. How do you handle the groupies? <laughs> well, this depends. And this is, um, I'm talking to everybody out there that's in the light, especially the inexperienced ones. This is tricky. The more you are the light is on you. You're under that light. They coming. You know what I'm saying? You could be ugly. But if you if that light on you, they coming. They coming for the access. They coming to, you know, get points off of you to make themselves look good. Yeah. They coming to use you. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be careful. You got to be mindful. You got to know who's really for you. And you got to know who's 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 there to use you. Yeah. Now, if you're not experienced in life, you won't know. You'll actually think like they want you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, that's why it's important to have experienced people around you to help guide you through this. Mm. Because if you ain't never had this experience or this type of attention, you're just going to be happy that. Look, groupies don't be ugly all the time. <laughs> Let's be clear. Groupies, some of these groupies, they got it going on. So you'll be happy to get that attention and you just, it's over. It's you, over. Like, they got you. You fall in love. Y you're done. Yeah. You need experienced people around you to identify groupie behavior. And that can help you recognize it, understand it for what it is, and you know how to deal with it better. But you gotta be able to identify it. That's why you need a good friend, a good a good mate yeah. that's been experienced, you know what I mean? That's why it's good to hang with older people because they can help guide you through this because it could be trouble as yeah. well. You know what I mean? Like I was smiling earlier, but like that shit could lead to trouble. Facts. You know? Um, that's why I'm very grateful for the Run Brothers my brother's from the Bronx. Like I was taught a certain type of <laughs> education on how to handle certain things. And I've been in certain experience, um, like there were certain experiences I've been in. Well, I could see that shit coming from a mile away. How I deal with groupies? I say, listen, I've been under this light for <laughs> a long time. Like, so I'm experienced is what I'm saying. With or without the light, mm. like, it's it's enhanced me, but I, I I'm experienced, so I know I I can see it coming. Yeah. So I just deal with it head on. And be like, yo, what's up, man? Talk to me. What you want to do? I ain't a sucker. I ain't a clown. Want to be cool? We could be cool. If not, keep, keep it, moving. it moving. Yep. But I'm not that guy. Matter of fact, buy me a drink. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, it's 2023. I'm I'm with that. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> we can go back a few years yeah. like straight up i just want you to know respectfully i respect what you want i'm not that guy keep it moving you know what i'm saying see you what's up you good from a distance ain't no hugs ain't no photos ain't no kiss on the cheek it'll be a fist bump you good all right cool she can't say nothing bad about me because i ain't say nothing bad about her but we got that understanding I'm not that guy. Got to be stern like that. I like it. I like it, Corey. Last question. This is actually my favorite question out of the lot for today. Oh, were? Yeah. Let me hear it. There's a young lady called Philly, all right? Uh, Philly. Philly. And Philly says- What's her Instagram? Philly says, 
Are you single, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I I am I'm off the market. Got me a beautiful woman. She's uh she's pretty dope. So uh things are going really, really well. And uh I'm off the market. Sorry. Sorry, Philly, he's off the market. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, believe it or not, I think she might be happy with that answer. <laughs> All right, Corey, this has been fun as usual. We've got to wrap it up for this episode. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks, though. But in, yes, the, meantime, in the meantime, what do you got coming up, man? I know you're going to be out and about. You're going to be hitting the streets. <laughs> Tell us what you got going on. Well, uh, busy week. Um, we had a week off due to FIBA, the FIBA window break. Some really, really big games happening in the NBL. Uh, Sneakerland is in town, a big sneaker convention, the biggest sneaker convention in Australia. So I'll be checking that out by way of Foot Locker. So um, going to see what kind of fire that could be uh, picked up. Yeah. I, think, I think I might join you. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. Yeah. Should do that. And that's all, man. Yeah. Just uh, laying low. Yeah, right. I got you. <laughs> Listen, we're going to keep that off camera, but next time you see me, we'll have something to talk about. <laughs> I have no doubt whatsoever. <laughs> Nick, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, my bro. My fans, our fans, Upfront fans, we appreciate you. Thank you for checking in. Thank you for listening. I hope you appreciate us. We didn't get a chance to answer all the questions, but we will get to all the questions. Trust me. I promise you. We're knocking them all out the box. Like, subscribe, share, and follow us on Insta. Nick Medellinos, at Nick Medellinos, at C Homicide. This is up front. Peace.